are not going overseas with just a carry-on, man. I was hoping you'd give me like, actually, I did it one time, and this is how it went. for tuning in as always to the essential podcast we're going to talk today a little bit about traveling with just a carry-on you know how to pack lightly it's uh, kind of the holy grail if you're flying somewhere is to not have to check a bag it saves you some money depending on the airline of course and is super convenient walk right up and get in security line if you've checked in ahead of time if you're a tsa pre-check it's even more attractive so We've talked about that on a previous podcast, but I was recently invited to be a keynote speaker at a conference. Matt actually happened to be there as well. I was there four days. Matt, you were there, what, a day longer, five days? Five days, yeah. Yeah, and we were both getting in the Uber to leave the place where the conference was taking to go to the hotel, and we realized that we both had carry-on bags only, so pretty cool. We'll tell you a little bit about how we did it. I kind of surprised myself, so few tips here to help you figure this out for yourself and if you've got any we don't share we'd love to hear them so matt how big was your carry-on bag max capacity for the regulations so i knew um because there's a little bit of a uh, jump flyer they're called like regional jets yeah and i had a 20 minute connection time (laughs) so i knew i was going to be running and didn't want to have to go back to the airport which is 40 minutes from my house when I was coming home. So I said, okay, I've got to carry on and we got to make it work because it has to fit in the small, super small overhead bin, not the normal ones. Right. Um, So my bag is the, I I couldn't tell you how big it is, but it fits on the small regional jets where most people are kind of forced to to check it at the door or at the gate because they didn't know they were going to be on the small plane. So it's the smallest that, uh, probably they make him as far as travel bags go without being like a duffel bag or something that goes under the seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was actually a new one. It was a duffel style, and I uh, really liked it. I actually packed it and was like, this is not good. So I un- unpacked it partially and started using the traditional carry-on, and it was way more convenient. But uh, I had one of those regional connections as well, so I had that in mind. And so our first tip is to start with a small a bag that's as small as possible. So have a tendency to fill up space if it's available so if you start with a small bag even if you have to unpack and maybe move to a bigger one that's going to help you i had quite a bit for this trip i felt like i had two suits a sport coat had a couple pair of shoes you know dress shoes and casual shoes i had jeans and and uh, i thought it was going to be cold we were going to michigan and it was not cold, <laughs> but I had. You didn't uh, pack. Didn't <laughs> pack that hand knit sweater. Uh, no, but I did have some warmer clothes, and I actually got made fun of for the coat I was wearing one night because it apparently looked like a winter coat, and for them it was <laughs> spring. So, yeah, I had quite a bit toiletries, of course. I even had a tie that I didn't wear and a belt. So, there's some secrets to making this happen. You know, you could go with the big carry on and try to fit stuff in there, but you still may face challenges, like Matt mentioned having to check it at the gate so you want to mix and match you want to have clothes that can be you know you can wear that button down and then keep it on and just you know change from dress pants to a pair of jeans or you know the same with with a dress for a gal or work attire just maybe change the shoes take off a sweater put on a sweater a cardigan something like that there are options obviously here for men and women alike you don't don't need you know these outfits that are all 
inclusive and complete like you would do at home. You, you need to be able to mix and match that a little bit. And, of course, you can rewear some stuff. That's a, a big secret. And some of that comes from having some higher quality clothes, lightweight jackets that are still really warm, or dry fit clothes. You know, obviously the maintenance is an issue. Keep it where it doesn't need a lot of maintenance, ironing, or anything like that. We both like non-iron shirts, and so you just steamed up the bathroom and hung that shirt in there, and it came out wrinkle-free. So there are lots of tips and tricks around that as well. But that allows you to roll the clothes and make them tight and save that space and, and then be able to deal with them on the on the flip side when you get there. Well, one of the things you talked about, Tommy, was the mix and match, and that really helped me because what I did was obviously you're wearing a dress shirt with nice slacks during the conference, and then when you're going out afterwards for either the events they have planned or maybe you're just going out to dinner, it was, oh, I'll wear the same dress shirt that's not too dressy but goes with right. a pair of jeans. So now you cut out three days' worth of shirts by just wearing the same button-up that you had. Yeah, you got to wear the same button-up all day. Not that much fun and exciting, but it does get you on again without that bag fee or waiting in the line and, and all the extra time mm-hmm. that, that that brings. Yeah, it's a, it's a worthy trade-off. And you could take this probably to an extreme. You know, we were kind of in a situation where we were, you know, socializing some with the conference attendees. But if you were just going to present or to take care of business or even recreation, then you can definitely not look as nice or not have fresh clothes. It could, some things could be reworn with no problem. You know, a pair of jeans. I don't want to wear the the clothes I wore on the airplane, but I might put them back on the last day and wear them on the airplane again. You know, I think you could get by with one pair of shoes, but I think two is a maximum. One tip here for me, one of the first times I was sought to speak and knew I was going to be wearing suits and dress clothes, I packed everything that I could wear the same color pair of shoes with. And it was kind of a, a light bulb moment for me at that time, which now seems obvious. Like, you know, I don't need to have to take brown dress shoes and black dress shoes or uh, same with the belt. So, you know, that's a way to pare that down. And then so one pair of nicer dress shoes and then one pair of casual shoes if, if it's business travel or you need those dress shoes. Maybe going for fun. And in that case, you're probably checking bags, taking all kinds of cool stuff for a long, long trip maybe. But trying to get in that carry-on and want to pare it down two shoes max. What do you think? So I break this rule. You'll probably laugh. But <laughs> for this trip, I had two pairs of dress shoes a pair of tennis shoes. Come on, man. And flip-flops, because I don't like walking on the hotel floor with, with bare feet most of the time. Uh, now, the flip-flops are easy because they're flat. The dress shoes, what I'll normally do is I'll wear one pair on the plane, and the tennis shoes will smash down. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care about my tennis shoes. And then my other dress shoes, which I always carry with shoe trees because it extends the life also let them, you know, cool off properly, all that good stuff. They will go in my backpack, which usually has my laptop and my carry-on, other little items that, that can't fit. For this trip, I said, you know what, I'm wearing my tennis shoes. I put both dress shoes in my backpack, and it still worked out. So technically, I, I broke that rule, but I think you're right. You get away with two shoes maximum, dress and the others. Yeah, so the shoe trees, I use them at home, but they're pretty heavy. That's not a problem for you? Mm. <laughs> it's my workout for the day, the airport day for sure. Yeah. So I stuff mine with the socks or you know, some, maybe some other smaller items. 
I think I had a tie rolled up in one of my shoes. So I definitely try to fill them up a little bit, make use of that space. And then, of course, you're wearing one pair, packing a pair. My tweak to what goes in that bag is, you know, obviously you have the personal item, the backpack. So that's where I usually keep my dop kit. Mm-hmm. You can pull out those liquids easy and have them in the separate bag. And it can be a little heavy, but, you know, that's another tip here. You know, don't bring things that are going to be provided or that would be easy to purchase. Shampoos and suntan lotions you could pick up just about anywhere or get from a hotel. We have nice electric toothbrushes that we really like, but if you've got to take a charger or even if they're bigger, clunkier, you put them in a different case to keep them from turning on or something, you can just get you a cheap travel toothbrush or get one from most hotels. You so, get it free from your dentist, you know. Yeah, you do. Save that one. Every six years when I go. No. <laughs> <laughs> easy, easy. Uh, kidding. Every six months, I think. They've got, they've got you roped into their process. We talk about that sometimes. Oh, yeah. Now, the one thing I'll say on the sort of don't bring what you can buy idea here that you're talking about, Tommy, is I think it depends on where you're going. Yeah. Um, if you can find... CVS, Walgreens, someplace obviously that is safe and near your hotel within walking distance. It's a great idea. Buying at the hotel can be a little pricey. It's true. Um, if you're going overseas and you're stuck at the resort, uh, you're, there's definitely going to be upcharge there. So. You are not going overseas with just a carry-on, man. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't even. You might if you had like a three-day, man. Yeah, I was so, hoping you'd give me like. Actually, I did it one time. This is how it went. I would say overseas, like Caribbean for me. So okay, you could do like okay. four four days with the carry on. You yeah. Know, three three swimsuits and shorts. I think I think we try to do that and make a podcast about it. <laughs> oh, awesome! I'm in. Uh, all right. Anybody in? Just let us know. <laughs> I think it sounds easy because you know swimsuits don't take up a lot of space. Yeah. You don't have a shirt. You, know, yeah. you might have one shirt to wear to the beach. No suits or dress shoes or any of that stuff we were talking about. Yep. Yep, I did find a um, a handy way to fold a suit, and I think it's on uh, Joseph A. Banks' website for anybody who does travel with a suit regularly and needs to know how to fold it. It uh, works quite nicely. Yeah, I think we're going to blog about this podcast because it would be helpful for people to see these these tips in writing, and we'll put that as a link in the blog. So check out the essential blog at barcofinancial.com, and we'll have that there for you. I actually had this duffel that I mentioned and there are several versions of these out there that I've since seen, but it's basically a garment bag. And so you lay the suits or whatever hanging clothes you would have, zip it up, and then it kind of rolls up into a garment bag, into a duffel bag. You know what we should do, Tommy? We ought to put uh, get back on kit.com and put in their, our travel bags and everything. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of did that before, and it was pretty neat. We wanted this to be more about how to pack lightly and not what we use when we pack lightly, but... <laughs> that would all be helpful. True. So put it on True. there. Yeah, that was it. Was a cool bag. The uh, shoes kind of went in the side pockets, so made the side walls of the duffel, and suits came out fairly unwrinkled, and everything was cool. They held a lot too. Nice. So that's a tip. Now it was bigger and you know, it has a strap, and you're not rolling it or pulling it around. So that was the trade-off. Yeah. One last thing I would say is a little bit of a travel tip. Too is if you find one of those bags that. I'd say it's collapsible if they're not. It's just an extra bag that you throw in your bag. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have to take something out, maybe you're not traveling with a backpack. It doesn't fit because you're in that smaller jet with the carry-on or get you know, stuck with whatever spot they have left or 
know, you could take something out of your bag, put it in a smaller bag under your seat, and then be able to still fit yours at the top. So same thing you're talking about, Tommy, is being able to manipulate the size of everything. Yeah. So you can make it fit and make travel a little easier. Yeah, that's the key. And I think the final thought for me is that when we travel, we want to usually travel with a lot of the conveniences that we have at home. And that is possible, but it's not required. And so if you can view it that way, I love if it's raining to have a rain jacket. I mean, I prefer that, but you can usually get an umbrella from the hotel or you can be dropped off right at the door or there are options there. I was in Boston a few weeks ago and they had umbrellas in the rooms. Things that you don't necessarily think about, but that's, you know, rain jackets light, doesn't take up much space. I always want to try to take one if I'm going to be anywhere. You know, always checking the weather, of course, but that may be something that is a convenience that you don't necessarily have to have. I will say, as an essentialist, and with that in mind, it is a lot less stressful to have less stuff to keep up with. That's a, a big benefit and maybe can help you enjoy your trip more. So something I'm interested in that I have not done, and this is, I think I said final thought earlier, but this is my final thought. Final, final thought. <laughs> the final, final thought. Actually, it, it came to mind just now when I mentioned essentialism. So I heard Greg McEwen in an interview, who's the author of Essentialism, and he was talking about the differences between checklists and to-do lists, and there's a lot there. But he said when he packs, he uses a checklist, and it eliminates a lot of the guesswork, and so that's something that I want to kind of develop. I kind of have it mentally, but I'd like to literally have it on my iPad or on paper and, and have a checklist to make sure I'm getting those essentials, not forgetting anything, and it allows you to even start packing earlier. And if you can create that checklist in light of type of trip that it is, you know, maybe the climate, you can have some different categories there, but I think that's a pretty cool tip and something I've never thought of. Have you ever use a check well, a physical checklist for packing or anything i have not i just put everything i'm going to wear for each day lay it out usually on my bed mm -hmm. so i know what days one two three four five and then throw it all in the bag yeah it's definitely easier for me when it's just me when we start traveling as a family you know i think that's where we get oh for sure packing for four people and trying to figure all that out so i think the checklist could be even more more helpful for sure so It'll allow you to take some inventory, identify some essential things that have to be on the trip with you. On that note, I think we'll wrap it up. Anything else you want to add? That's it, really. Very cool. Well, hope your next trip is easier and that you can use some of these tips to pack a little lighter and get there a little faster. So we appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, hope you get essential. Thanks for sticking around after the music here. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into the Essential Podcast. Just have a quick disclosure for you here. Securities are offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And advisory services are offered through S.A. Stone Investment Advisors, Inc.